All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of Football versus Everybody. This is Tyler with our favorite friend, Brandon, over here. What up, y'all? Got another uh, another good week of some stuff to talk about, some, some, some major stuff going on that we didn't get to cover the other day, thankfully, because uh, it just gave us a little more fuel to the fire to be able to throw out there. So. Yeah, and we also wanted to take a little bit of time with the holidays and everything. Hope everybody had a great holiday. Uh, got back and ready to go get this new year started and the off season is officially on us so really quick uh if you don't don't know or not aware of our socials we are on twitter and instagram at fde podcast and we are on most of your major podcasting platforms uh spotify google Podcasts. most of our stuff's on anchor fm goes to a few different places and i'm trying to get us on apple Podcasts here pretty soon so that way we can get to more people so, with that being said, we're going to kick it off with <clears throat> a quick introduction. We have a good friend of ours on with us this time to add a little bit more, uh, a little more flavor to the podcast, if you will. Uh, good friend of ours, Heath. Heath is joining us. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. Yeah, man. We're glad you came about. Hell yeah. Let's talk some football. Hell so, yeah. So we wanted to kick it off really quick, just kind of recap and go over the national title. Um, I don't really know if I call it a game, maybe like a exhibition for Alabama, I guess. Yeah, um, we knew that Bama was going to win when they handled uh, Notre Dame in the semifinals. It wasn't anywhere close, and it was quite honestly probably the most boring national championship I've watched in a while. Since 2012, yeah, I mean, probably. It, yeah, it just it didn't really have a whole lot of competition. Um, I think the the well, biggest thing that, that well, I was going to say the biggest thing real quick that, that that hurt Ohio State in the beginning was losing yeah. to Sermon, but I mean that that I don't even think he would have put up a whole lot of competition for Alabama to stop. Yeah, that I was that was what I was going to say. Trey Sermon went down what first play of the game. First I play, mean, yeah. and mm-hmm. I mean it, the way that he trucked Clemson. I just I thought that they would put up a better fight than this, but I mean, I mean at the end of the day, I mean it was so bad that Justin Fields ended the same uh, record as Stetson Bennett did against Alabama this year. Like, mm-hmm. and with Stetson yeah. Bennett, Stetson Bennett probably did a little bit better than than Fields did against Bama, and it was just it was boring. It, it was an absolute slaughter, and. Uh, Devontae Smith, man, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. We all knew he was going to win it. I mean, he broke the damn BCS CFP uh, record in the first half and then, like, fucked his pinky up or fucked his, one of his fingers up, didn't even play for the second half, and still got MVP of the game. Like, it was just – it was a slaughter. I mean, yeah, anytime you catch 200 yards and a half, it's uh... – that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> well, not only not only that so much the yardage, yeah, definitely impressive. But three touchdowns. I mean, yeah, that that's that's more than most people have in a, a whole game. And he was just out there just cruising in the first half. I mean, it was uh, it was so effortless. I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent sold. If he played a full game, it would have been. I mean, I mean, they would have put fifty two points on Ohio State. Yeah. It would have been in the seventies, almost oh, pushing eighties. It would have been like it. We're we're talking about like Yale nineteen oh one national championship level of ass kickery. <laughs> like it, it it wouldn't even been fun. I mean, it, like I said, it was boring to watch, 
and because of the way that our CFP committee overlords dictate what happens in college football, uh, we're stuck with not the four best teams in the nation, and we get boring semifinals and a boring national championship game. Granted, it wasn't the normal uh, Alabama versus Clemson uh, yearly meetup, but it was uh, it was still boring, and it was also the worst uh, ratings that a national championship game got in a decade. And part of that is also why, for some reason, college football is predominantly played on Saturdays, but they continue to put these games on a Monday night. I mean, that 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 has that has to have something to do with it, but it's always been that way, and they the ratings were still really bad this year. And it was because it was a boring team. It was a boring game, boring top four. Abolish the CFP committee. That's all I'm yeah, saying. <laughs> I, it, it needs to be some some kind of maybe like a BCS type system that selects the playoff teams because they're definitely not impartial. They kind of go whatever way they want to. Um, it's the it's, mountain that um, I'll die on is that I want a I want a a BCS like level computer algorithm, but in a college football playoff bracket capacity. So I want non-human beings picking the eight best teams in the nation and putting them together in a, t- in a tournament and then we go from there because then we would have you know like a clemson and a oklahoma play each other or a uh a texas a&m and ohio state and like and yeah i mean i i know that you know coastal carolina or cincinnati may have been blown out by alabama but so is everybody else this year and I still would like to see, you know, I mean, the, the way, the, the landscape that of the playoff right now is just killing the game. I don't yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. 52-24 is, isn't far off from 52-7 to 7 or whatever Coastal would have scored on them. It, it doesn't make that much difference at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, the only yeah. redeeming quality about this game was that it just wasn't the normal suspects playing in the national championship. But well, the was outcome was still the same. <laughs> So. Yeah. yeah, it was half the normal suspects. And really, Ohio State, they're, what, uh, uh, four or five years removed from a, a, a final, a championship game? Yeah, the, yeah 20, 2013, I think, or 2014. No, no, 2014. 2014. They won the, 14, won the yeah. first They won the first playoff That's right. uh, so championship um, back when. It was just boring, man. It was like, one of you said it was like an exhibition game. I felt like I was watching a spring game in, in a nice environment. You know, yeah. it was just, it yeah. wasn't fun yeah. to watch. There was nobody covering, you know, well, it, it felt like they weren't covering Smith. He's just that good. And, yeah. um, you know, hold, now that hold he's on, on, on that note right there, that, that brings up something I wanted to bring up too. Uh, sure. Covering Smith. We had Sean Wade that said he oh, yeah. welcomed the opportunity <laughs> to cover Smith. And man, he got his <laughs> ass tore up every single time. I mean, but it just I wasn't even close. I don't know when these players – I know that their players are young. They're 19, 20-year-old kids. But when you – they need to stop talking shit before these games because it always turns around and bites them in the ass. You saw what happened with that Florida player ran his mouth about Oklahoma and Oklahoma daddy-dicked him on live television. And the same thing happened with his DB talking about, oh, yeah, Smith ain't nothing. You know, he's not the Heisman Trophy. He's not just the Heisman Trophy winner or anything. And, I mean, he got blown on coverage so many times, it was embarrassing. And not only by Devontae Smith, even by Slade Bolden, too. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're getting fucking blown out by a white tight end. Like, come on, dude. Like, you're it, it ain't going to work. 
I mean, yeah, it's... he, I, yeah, you just, you don't talk shit before games, and I wish, especially with against Alabama, I mean, fuck, Va- Vanderbilt should be, like, the, the precedent for all that, when that player was talking about, <laughs> we're coming for Vanderbilt, we're coming for Bama next, and they beat him by, like, 55 to nothing or something, I mean, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, don't, don't talk shit before games, I, I listen, we're the kings of shit talking, okay, shit talk after the fucking game. Okay, <laughs> when you prove that you can do it. Yeah, don't forget Chauncey Gardner. Oh yeah, yeah. My Mr. favorite King version of, the, of that. Slants. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Slant himself destroyed on the some. Slant, so. Some some may say that his dick is still playing in the dirt in Everbank Stadium to oh, this right. day. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we had some elite receivers out there, but we also had uh, we had a, I mean, we had more uh, elite receivers. Jalen Waddle came back, um, in my opinion, a little rushed, uh, broke his ankle, foot, something like that, um, earlier in the season. Ankle, yeah. yeah, and I mean, you can, I see everybody on Twitter talking about, man, he's a he's a dog, he can fight, he's a fighter, he's out there. I'm like, dude, you're playing very visibly hurt. Like, every single play, he comes hopping off the fucking sideline. And I'm just like, for what, man? Like, there's no... You're already going to be a first-round pick. Don't go out there and fuck yourself up even more. I mean, it's a little different because, like, Landon Dickerson, who tore his ACL in, what, the SCC championship game? And he hasn't had his surgery yet, and he took the final snap in the victory formation. That's a little different. But but Waddle was hurt, you know, visibly. And I, I just... I mean, good for him for playing in his last game at Bama, but just, like, don't push it. And he did. He tried to push it, man. Yeah, you're talking 10 weeks in between the break and, and being back on the field. That's that's pretty short for that. And like you said, he didn't look like he was 100%, obviously, and he wasn't. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was just kind of uncomfortable to watch. Just sit here, sit there and try and watch him see to be able to make those plays and just, I don't know, just he – he didn't look look even close to the same as what he did before, but you know, well, at least, at least he didn't hurt himself any, any worse. Yeah, you're you're, well, you're waiting on something bad to happen. It seems like when you're watching that, you know. Well, now a new national championship has been crowned. A new national champion has been crowned. Uh, Nick Saban has won his seventh title, which is just retarded to think about. Um, he's passed uh, Bear Bryant for the most national championships. Uh, championships won by a single person um he was tied at six with them last year or the year before that whenever he won his last one and uh man i'm hoping now that i've heard two sides of this so i want to hear y'all's take on it but i've heard that you know he wanted to break the record he wanted he wanted to be the all-time leader um and then he also wanted to retire around the same time he's turning 70 which will be next year he just turned 69 on Halloween because he's the spawn of nice. Satan. And uh, he, uh, so does he start thinking about retirement now? But the the other argument I heard to that is that in a SEC format only schedule this year because of COVID and because of COVID uh, and the limitations and stuff like that that he had to go with, and he was still able to out you know perform the way he did. Does that kickstart his his thrive to want to keep playing like this? I mean, he sees what he's going to do because he's arguably has one, if one of, or if not the best offensive line ever assembled in college football coming in next year. And yeah, 
I mean, he's he's losing his quarterbacks, but you know, Bryce Young, if he if he lives up to the hype, um, he still has that that Mechie kid, that Canadian. Um, really, I don't know any other receivers that he has, but I mean, you got four years of Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs and uh, Jalen Waddle and those guys. Uh, elite receivers are going to want to come to that school because of that. So. Does he retire? Does he think about retire? Does he keep going? What do y'all think? I I think I think he's already kind of started some of his retirement contingency plans, if you will, because he's been all these all these damn Aflac commercials and stuff. I think with the with the way that went this year, him being number one on the top of the mountain by himself, I think he does one more season, and I, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I would think like no matter the outcome of next season, I think he'll hang him up. What do you think, Heath? Yeah, that's it's such a hard question. You know, I'm sure Terry's ready for him to, you know, come to the lake house and and put his feet up for you know several years. But it, at the end of the day, why would you leave? I also look at who they have on staff right now. I, I don't see a replacement there really for him. You know, they they just lost their OC to Texas for, as a head coach. Um, yeah, and I, I've all—that's all I've been hearing living in Alabama—is that Dabo will come home he's when Saban retires. He's not leaving Clemson. Not he's got—he's yeah. got an empire built at Clemson, and, and and Clemson is in the one of the worst conferences in the world. Yeah. And you literally can laugh your way through the schedule and then just play some semi-okay teams in the playoffs because of mm-hmm. the people that pick them to play them in the playoffs. But um. Yeah, Debo's not going anywhere. And then all this year, and it was really kind of like highlighted and set on fire. The rumor was set on fire that when uh, Saban was out last uh, for the Iron Bowl uh, with COVID and Sarkeesian took over head coaching and they did so well against Auburn. Like that's, listen, Auburn's one of the worst teams in the country. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's also not hard. So they they think Sarkeesian was going to be their guy to take over the reins when Saban left, and and or when when Saban leaves, whatever that may be, and but now he's the head coach at Texas, and you know now there's no one there. I mean, I know they hate their defensive coordinator, um, and you know with the news today of uh, Muschamp retaining some type of role at Georgia, uh, not really sure what his assignment's going to be. A lot of Alabama fans are pissed off about you know him not coming to. They wanted him to be the defensive coordinator again. And I'm glad that didn't happen, but right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's like what you said. It's really who who's gonna who's gonna take up the mantle. I mean, Bama will not produce. I don't think they will produce to what they were without Saban. Um, I think that you know if in the case of the Iron Bowl, Sarkeesian was was coaching. It's really not that hard because you got a bad team, but also the amount of elite athletes that you have on that team. They literally you just sit back and let them play and let them do their job. Yeah, and that's what they did. I mean, for years you saw Ruggs and Smith and Waddle literally going out there and playing rock paper scissors on who who goes what route. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you can't you can't coach athleticism like that. That's just pure athleticism. You just let it let it do its thing. So I don't know. I don't. I think, and I know a lot of people agree with me. I know I know probably all agree with me that. Saban being gone and away from Alabama, that helps the landscape of college football. I'm tired of this reign of Alabama. You know, I want I want new people stepping up to the plate. But yeah, the same 
it's also going to give them unrealistic expectations going forward of what they can get in a head coach because the the Alabama fan that was born post nineteen ninety five doesn't know what the struggles were. Oh no, at all. No, so they didn't. Nah. They're super, super spoiled, and they just don't really get it. And I, I think they'll they'll start to well, they'll continue to whine and bitch once he's gone because they won't be able to get what they want out of it. Yeah, I, I don't think he leaves until he has a, a a good replacement on staff. I don't see them doing a coaching search. I really don't see anybody out there that I'm like that's an Alabama guy, you know, because they're such a marquee brand. I don't see them taking like a. You know the the guy uh, ULL or ULM or whoever it was down. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, the, I'm the drawing Cajuns. a blank. Yeah, I'm drawing yeah, a blank on remember. it. Is it Napier? Uh, Napier, Billy Napier. Yeah. Thanks. Which former Alabama staffer? Um, but yeah. Well, just, at this I point, at this point, who in college football hasn't worked as an Alabama staffer? Yeah, that's that's not gone back two or three times. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right because when we were talking in later uh, earlier podcast episodes about you know the whole Auburn coach uh, search, mm-hmm. um, who are they going to pick? You know who who's going to be a good spot? And um, you know I, I said in the last episode when when Brian Harson was was recruit was was uh, hired for the head coaching position at Auburn, me and Tyler were like, man, that's not really a that's not like a out of the park kind of higher and the first thing that i noticed is that this guy has no ties to the sec he has no ties to the south his recruiting is going to very 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 much suffer because of this well he turned around and he hires Derek mason as defensive coordinator and mike bobo as offensive coordinator which now you if you're a fan of an sec team you that's not auburn you should start worrying a little bit I don't yeah, think I, mean, I don't think Auburn's going to be good next year or maybe in the year after that. But that's that fix those two hires fixes the recruiting issues that I highlighted, and that's going to be a little dangerous for some people because those two guys didn't cut it as head coaches, but they are damn good coordinators. Yeah, I mean you got to you got to take into account the number of uh, relationships and stuff that Bobo himself has just by himself. I mean he's got tons of relationships that he can work off of throughout the state of Georgia, especially South Georgia, where there's a lot of really good talent. And on top of that, uh, he hasn't committed to Auburn yet that I know of, but Gunnar Stockton is actually being coached by Mike Bobo's dad. So the likelihood is that he'll go to Auburn. And I I think he'll excel in his system. I mean, he should be very good. He decommitted from South Carolina this week and, uh, and, Hasn't really said where he's going yet, but I mean, it was it's pretty well known that he's only going there because Bobo is there. Yeah. And and you know, Gunnar Stockton is a five star quarterback, and I mean, we all know that Bobo is is a quarterback whisperer. He's a hell of a better quarterback whisperer than old Dan Mullen is. But that's that's a potential for some dangerous, you know. So I, you know, South Carolina is always a game that fuck it. It's always a trap game for me. No, no matter how bad South Carolina is, I always think they're a trap game for us. So, yeah. 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 So. And now that we got a secret agent must champ back and it, it, it kind of, it made me feel like, Oh man, you know, this, this could be a bad omen when we play them this year, you know? 
Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know what Muschamp's capacity is going to be at Georgia. I'm glad he's here. I'm really glad that we have him and he's not in some other team anywhere else. Like, I'd love to have Bobo, um, but it just didn't work out that way. I know earlier in the week and uh, in the late last week, they were talking about Dan Lanning, you know, might be the defensive coordinator for Texas with Sarkeesian, and he, he turned that down immediately and said, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming back. We're going to run it back. And, and I Wait, thought that if – Real quick. No. Yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, like, okay, Texas, historically, great program, obviously. One of the Blue Bloods, if you, you know, what's a Blue Blood, but whatever. Uh, multiple national championships, great players. Right now, him leaving Georgia, where he has a defense coordinator job, going to Texas for a defense coordinator job, a lateral move, I'd say it's actually a step back with how bad Texas is right now. The only thing I could think of is that Texas might be able to throw him a little bit more money. Cause That's Texas the only, thing. yeah, Texas has money. And I, and I think amongst our, our, you know, we're, we're all in a discord together. And I think among, uh, we, we talked about it in the past that Dan or Dan landing might just be waiting for a head coaching position, you know, kind of like what, what Kirby did at Bama and mm-hmm. ended up, you know, going to where he wanted to go. Um, but if Dan Lanning ended up going somewhere else and that meant that Muschamp could step in and be our defensive coordinator, I don't really see that as a bad that anything bad. I I, yeah. I, I think that'd be really good, you know. I, I agree. And and you know, here's the thing with Lanning, the guy's not even thirty five yet. Yeah. He's yeah. so young. And and really you don't wanna I don't know how he would do going and being a, a uh, a head coach somewhere right now. I mean, being as young as he is, he doesn't really have the ties, you know, because that's just stuff you kind of learn over time. He's been with Kirby for six years, but that's it. Yeah. And it's really like he, and that is like uh, surprising to some people that he's been with Kirby that long because he's only, his name has really only started to show up, you know, in the last two, maybe three years now because as his, his defense has obviously progressed. Um, and now he's starting to make a name for himself, but you're right. He's not there yet to be a, a head coach anywhere. He's a player's coach for sure though. And that's, that's going to help him with the recruiting no matter where he goes. The guys love him. Yeah. I, I kind of think that he'll, he'll do kind of like what Kirby did. Kirby turned down a few opportunities to be a head coach when he could have taken, I mean, definitely could have taken the Auburn job when that came up in a few years back, but uh, Lanning probably would stay under Kirby as long as he can to learn as much as he can from somebody that's doing what he wants to do. Because Kirby, you could just say Kirby's kind of like a a good fine wine. He just stayed in there, aged really well, under under Saban, learned everything he can learn about how to run a program, and then came back and you know obviously has his dream job, you know that he said. And has done very well, so I think Lanning will probably kind of follow suit with that. He'll he'll wait for the perfect opportunity to come up, and then he'll probably jump on it. But I don't think it'll be uh, it it could be next year, but I don't know that it'll be anytime soon. Yeah, but with all these lateral move, with all these people, all these former coaches and former players coming back, you know, Heath, you sent out a you you showed us a tweet today about right now the Georgia coaching staff is basically the 1996 class. You know, yeah, of all these yeah, players. So the SAE I'm class, all for it. <laughs> so. Well, in other news of uh, coaching changes, 
I think it's probably a good segue into our main event tonight, and that is the University of Tennessee and the shit that they're in right now. Mm. Good yeah, that is old lucky top. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that is probably the biggest dumpster fire I've seen in years. It is well, take her away. It's fun to look at though. Yeah, big, big time fun to look at. So, um, if you haven't really been following it. Um, Back in November, Tennessee announced that they were going to be looking at uh, some possible recruiting infractions and stuff going on within the program, the football program that is, and had since gone from hiring these lawyers to come come from outside to come in and look at these things with the school. The school initiated an investigation and had some people that sent in some evidence of things that had been going on recruiting recruiting wise that was violating all sorts of rules and then fast forward to uh yesterday and jeremy pruitt not yesterday was it monday monday i believe yeah time is a flat circle it was this week I, um, it was this week but uh yeah yeah pruitt, it, well it's hard pruitt to keep track it pruitt is gone uh he was fired it's hard to keep track because it seems like every day now there's a new you know, new things about this case. So yeah, they, they hired lawyers. They did their own investigation. Well, they're, they're now under federal investigation. Um, the NCAA's compliance office is in it. Uh, the FBI is investigating them. Um, allegedly when Jared, uh, Guantanamo Bay, I'll never ever be able to pronounce his name. Right. Um, supposedly after their bowl game, when he went into the transfer portal and I, and I'm, I'm talking about like 30 minutes after their game was over with, he was in the transfer portal. It is alleged that his father, uh, handed over a mountain of evidence, including text messages and, um, emails to the NCAA compliance office about, about Tennessee committing some pretty bad and some pretty gnarly recruiting violations. And it's now come down this week that uh, Pruitt was fired and they're holding him 100% responsible for it. Um, that uh, report, and, and it's so bad that, that you know, he just signed a, uh, an extension, a contract extension through, I think, 2025. And his buyout's like $12.8 and yeah. now that's like null and void. Well, he's not getting his his buyout so he's lawyered up he's retained his own personal lawyer which mm-hmm. means to me that he's probably about to bring the entire university down i mean of all the shit that's happening right now i mean th- the stuff that they did is so bad i mean fulmer also philip fulmer retired it's for, pruitt was fired and fulmer retired i'm air quoting this retired <laughs> he 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 was asked to leave that when you when you get to that level in your life you don't get fired anymore you just get asked to leave and that's like a, a save that's for them the university to save face about these things uh philip former has now been fired as a head coach and as an athletic athletic director um that the NCAA uh, released their findings they're still in uh investigating some but it's showing that Tennessee, committed level one and level two recruiting violations, which is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's death work, death uh, penalty bad, 
but it's still bad. And just just as wild as some of the shit that's going on is that it, they that a source told Dan Patrick, who you love or hate Dan Patrick, whatever, he's just reporting this, that Tennessee was handing bags of McDonald's bags, full stacks of cash in them, out to recruits, just out in the open. It's wild. It's yeah, completely crazy. Happy meals, man. Just... Some McBenjamins. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy that they, I don't know. I mean, every school does it. If you if you don't think your school does it, you're just, you're blinded big time. I mean, every school does. It's just a matter of how good you are at doing it. And apparently Jeremy Pruitt didn't learn enough under Nick Saban or, or anywhere else that he's been on how to do it and get away with it. And see, I think Kirby did. I think Kirby has learned. Listen, Nick Saban is the best at this shit. I mean, mm-hmm. he he has been he has been cheating at recruiting since he stepped foot in Tuscaloosa. He just doesn't get caught, and he knows his way not to do it. And Kirby, I know, has learned from him. Well, you're Pruitt, saying he cheated LSU. <laughs> oh, no, he cheated at LSU too. But on, I mean, man. he's had he's had a mountain of success at uh, at uh, Alabama versus Alabama, at LSU. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, and then it's so Fulmer's also trying to fling shit at us at Georgia, which I think, I mean, we haven't heard a lick of proof, a lick of evidence from this yet. And it's really on brand for Fulmer to do that shit because he did it in the 90s when he got Bama in trouble in that two year, uh, two year, what, probation or ban or whatever the hell Early Bama 2000s, got. Wasn't it? 2000. Two and three, or three and four. Yeah, it, yeah. it was before Saban got there. That's yeah, Saban got there. Seven. Yeah, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. so it's completely on brand for him to like throw shit at other fucking people. Um, but I mean, it, I'm I'm living for it. I mean, Tennessee, dude, the best coach that Tennessee's had in the last decade is fucking Butch Jones. Like, that's I can't even believe I said that. <laughs> like that's Saban's first car washer. It's so bad. I mean, these people, this this fan base, is probably one of the most delusional fan bases I've ever met in my life, and their program is continually will not be good anytime soon. I mean, I think they'd have been better off with Shiano, but they fucking almost rioted in Knoxville when they when they were going to hire Shiano. I mean, it was so bad that. They would have been much better with Shiano. I mean, you look look at oh, what yeah. he's done with Rutgers, and he and Rutgers is a far less. Uh, powerful school than Tennessee. Totally. Totally. And, you know, and if I recall correctly, Shiano had to actually fire, had to sue because they basically hired him for it. And then they got a bunch of backlash and then they had to fucking back out. And like he was supposed to get his contract, you know, his, his buyout or whatever that was. They were set to announce him. Yeah. And man, I mean, dude, Twitter is roasting Tennessee right now. The McDonald's memes. I mean, hell, Last night, the Gators, either last night or the night before last, the Florida Gators basketball team played, men's basketball team played Tennessee, and they beat them by like 32 points, I think. And they just posted on Twitter, I'm loving it. I mean, it's it's hilarious, (laughs) the shit that's going on right now. I am living for this shit that Tennessee's getting into right now. And, I mean, it's honestly, it's the unity that we needed in this country right now, is everybody just collectively (laughs) hating on Tennessee. They're not going to be good anytime soon. God knows who they're going to fucking hire. I mean, hell, everybody's so caught up in the scandal that we haven't even thought about the the, the coaching carousel going on through Knoxville right now. 
Well, I mean that that's why that's why this is kind of interesting to me, at least a little bit, is that they they announced a couple days before they did it that they were putting a hiring freeze on the coaching staff. Mainly, that was for Jeremy Pruitt, but uh, not too long after that, the school goes out and hires Kevin Steele away from Auburn. Um, didn't announce what his position was going to be. Uh, they still haven't really said anything, but. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think they did that with the intention of him being at least an interim head coach. They can have a longer uh, coaching search. They can find who they really want. But yeah. I. I don't know. It's. It's just. It's. It's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, I was even telling you guys a quote right before this that Phil Fulmer said himself that he. Um, he said that Kevin Steele had no knowledge of the investigation or. Or anything before he even came to Tennessee. I mean, how how damn blind do you have to be to not know that there's an investigation going on at the school, or you don't know what you're coming in there for? Yeah, I don't. I've I've heard it all. You know, being in in Alabama and having some ties to Auburn and Alabama. You know, Kevin Steele is. I mean, Kevin Steele was the defensive coordinator at Auburn, and I will say he was a damn good defense coordinator. He's not a good head coach, um, but. He, he graduated from Tennessee. And so he, he he was, like you said, he was hired to the university. To what capacity, we don't know. And it's pretty widely known that it's not the athletic program. Um, but, like, there are people here, Auburn fans are convinced that Tennessee's hired him for the coaching job. And I'm like, if Kevin Steele is going to be the head coach of Tennessee, five more years of mediocre play right mm-hmm. there. Well, well, here's the deal. And I, and I figured we were going to disagree on this because I, I think obviously Tennessee has been a laughing stock for the past better part of the past decade and a half. Um, they haven't finished in the top ten since two thousand one. They're they're pretty steadily in a downward slope. You know, there's been some rock bottoms here and there, but it's trajectory's going down. They're not in a talent rich state. They're surrounded by states that are full of talent rich or uh, that are talent rich. Uh, but also have elite D1 programs. You got Clemson in the Carolinas. You got Georgia, obviously in Georgia. Auburn and Alabama around you. They're coming in. They're taking your best players. You're doing what you can to get the scraps out of Georgia, Alabama, and the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. So the the problem with Tennessee is its location. And you're the 90s are not coming back for them ever. They, they might have an, a, a year here or there where they – you know, that they win 11, 12 games or whatever, where they just catch light in a bottle. Auburn does it all the time. But I don't see them ever being that dominant like they were in the 90s again. So what the brain trust up there has done, smartly in my opinion, look for cause to fire Pruitt, because Pruitt's obviously going in a bad direction. They uh, knew they were going to find these violations because you're a D1 school in the SEC. You're going to find recruit violations if you look hard enough, no matter where you're at. And they got him out of there. Now they got the hometown boy, Kevin Steele. Yeah, he was a head coach uh, at Baylor. But, you know, that was 20 years ago. Bring him in. He can write the ship, get you, like, just back to even. You know, maybe four, five, six-win seasons, seven-win seasons. And then you go look for the next guy. It's too late in the coaching search to find somebody now. It's too late in the year. All the good guys have been taken or they're staying where they're at. See, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, and I would love to see Tennessee, you know, competitive again. I mean, because I think college football is better 
when Tennessee is a little bit competitive, when we're not beating them 44 to fucking nothing, or when every year when Alabama, you know, just steamrolls the fuck out of them, and, you know, and it just it's just a yearly lynching, you know, for that for the, the 3rd October and, uh, or what is it, the 2nd Saturday second, in October. Yeah. And, uh, um, I lost my train of thought here. Um, but no, like, <laughs> yeah, and I would like to see them be competitive again, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, it, it, maybe Kevin Seals, their safe option is what I'm kind of getting from you. He's their Matt Luke. You know, Matt Luke, what he did at Ole Miss after freeze. That's what, that's what his role is going to be here. Get them in a decent position the next two, three years. Then when the next big guy comes, you know, big hotshot head coach comes up, you know, you're Tennessee, you can pull the trigger over a lot of these other schools. Hopefully Alabama or, or somebody's out looking for a head coach that year, you know, at the same time. So, I mean, do you think that Tennessee kind of puts that in as kind of a stipulation for him to be a quote-unquote head coach is that will un- – unless you're unless you're massively outperforming what we expect, uh, that you could potentially be gone if we find somebody else that we want to replace you whenever. I think they're going to probably put him on a, a, a two-year contract or a three-year contract. And see, like, that that right there is kind of hypocritical of Fulmer. I mean, I know Fulmer's at this point gone, okay, from the university. But, like, when he hired Pruitt, he was like, I expect you. I mean, he quoted, I expect you to beat Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. And he has yet to do that at all. Like You say he's out of there? He's not. They come out today and said that he would be involved in the coaching search. Well, see, that's weird. I, uh, so yeah, it, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's a dumpster fire. Listen, the the, the fact it's... of the matter is, it, it all narrows down to this: is that Tennessee got caught cheating, and they still fucking suck. Like they won three yeah. games this year. Like that's how bad they are. And I know that they're trying to implicate Georgia and all this shit because, uh, according to Guantanamo's dad, uh, uh, Marius Mims, who one of the best offensive linemen of this class, uh, allegedly they offered him a stack full of cash. Well, now if you, you, you pad that up with the other reports that they're handing out McDonald's bags full of cash, well, Mims ended up committing and signing with us. So that's really the only link right now that I'm even seeing any evidence of being connected to this at all. And the fact is, is that at least the question is, if Tennessee didn't fucking cheat, what they have won more than three games this year? No, because I don't think they would. I mean, so I think, I think they would have been on par with Vanderbilt, honestly. I mean, for for the well, schedule that they had to play through, I mean, they'd at least probably beaten Vanderbilt, but that'd be it. So right now, you know, we were talking about all this shit, and then right before we started recording today, we we're we're we're, we're loving the imploding that's going on in Knoxville. And right as, I mean, I mean it, the story just broke as soon as we were about to start recording that four players have entered the transfer portal at Tennessee today. Uh, one player, uh, one, it was a, a, a four-star cornerback uh, for this year's class who already signed his national letter of intent was, was released from it today. And then they just lost Henry Toto, their leading tackler, and then their leading running back. Like it, it, everything is is crashing down on them. Um, Eric Gray is their running back, and uh, Henry Toto is their linebacker. I mean, those two—they they were basically the only lifeblood of that offense or of that team. 
And then, you know, I, I took it a little personal when Cade Mays, out of nowhere, and under the 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 veil of Fromm announcing to the draft, like within 30 minutes, him going to the transfer portal to go back to Knoxville. I get it, you're from Knoxville, your dad played there, your brother's about to play there, but this kid was going to be, I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, a potential first-round pick or a top-40 pick in the draft if he just stayed at Georgia. And now, I, he might be a day-eight pick. I mean, it's wild. Yeah, there's not many draft boards with him on there up high. Yeah, I mean he's he's looking at he's looking at a pretty bad situation uh, for himself, you know, going from Georgia where he had it made. I mean, he was starting, doing quite well, you know, leaving to go to Tennessee, and then all this stuff happens on top of people leaving the team and stuff, and them going three and seven. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand his re. I know I know his reasoning for going there. He wanted to play as a brother and his dad going there and all that. But I mean, at what point do you not look out like? Of all the college college uh, athletes that look out for themselves all the time and act selfish, he didn't act selfish, and or at least not that we could see as selfish as most other ones <clears throat> kind of go about it. Goes to Tennessee and just has the worst year that you can oh, have from a competition I mean, he, standpoint. I mean, he got he got abused in our matchup. I mean, Jordan Davis just manhandled yeah. him. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. I mean, and I, and I thought Cade was a, – he's a really good offensive lineman, but if he'd have stayed at Georgia, he'd have been a great offensive lineman. So, You're probably I mean – But, I mean, you can't be mad at what some 19-year-old kid's decision, you know. I mean, his, oh, his, yeah. this, these kids' balls have barely even dropped. I should, you're not supposed to be getting mad at this. But, I mean, he made his bed. He's got he's to gotta live in it. Tennessee is in a, you know, Tennessee has been a perpetual dumpster fire for the last decade, and they're just getting worse. It's just worse. I mean, Pruitt was not the guy. I don't know why he ever was, you know, thought to be the guy. I know Tennessee Saban. fans. Well, so I mean that just because Dude, you worked one, under half the conference has Saban castoffs. Yeah, just because you have Saban on your resume doesn't mean you're worth a damn. I mean. Here's this, the thing we don't realize: fucking university ads are they're, they're they're not smart people, and these people that are running these hiring firms are not really smart people. They're just kind of going with the conventional knowledge ninety percent of the time. Yeah. And here's I another just, thing that nobody, real quick, that nobody has mentioned. Uh, do you know who Jeremy Pruitt's agent is? Mm-mm. Jimmy Sexton. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> Now, if you guys know who Jimmy Sexton is, he represents, I believe, 12 or 11 of the 14 SEC head coaches and several NFL head coaches, a bunch of players, a bunch of big players. Power agent guy. And this is why I think this won't bring down Tennessee. I don't I don't think they're going to go to arbitration with this. He's going to sue him. He's going to threaten to sue. They're going to get it going. Jimmy Sexton's going to be like, listen, if you ever want to have one of my coaches that I represent, which is a lot of good ones, coach at Tennessee, you're going to go ahead and pay Jeremy, you know, not the whole buyout, but they're going to settle. They'll yeah. go to arbitration. And it'll it'll probably down the line. And as far as sanctions from the NCAA, Tennessee fired 10 coaches and forced their AD to retire. I, I mean, you'll probably see a scholarship reduction, but I don't think it's going to be maybe a, a couple-year bowl ban. That That's is probably, if this current – that is if this is – the only thing that comes out. I mean, I'm waiting yeah. tomorrow to see the breaking news on Twitter that 
a gold briefcase or a gold Trans Am and a briefcase <laughs> was given to fucking you know Henry Toto, yeah. and Ray James was seen in, in the vicinity. And, I, <laughs> and then we get to watch Tennessee, you know, be a Division three team for the next thirty years, because that's what a death penalty does to a team. I mean, SMU until like two years ago had just barely started breaking the cusp of recovering from a from their death penalty. So yeah. I, mean, I, I think Tennessee is is too high for that right now. You know, I, I don't think they'll ever get a death penalty. I think the death penalty is probably done for 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 major programs because you know you have these conferences and the and the uh, the TV money that's coming in, and I, I don't see them you know being able to to follow through with that anymore. I mean, Ole Miss got really close because they were blacked out on TV, um, but I mean. You lose too much money that way, and this is, if anything, a money-making operation. Yeah, it's a, it's a business. I mean, yeah. and and so, like, Tyler and I were talking offline about that, that, um, I don't know, it, if it, I, I just, I'm losing my train of thought on that. Uh, if it, if it ends up being a death penalty, which I don't think it will be, but... You, you gotta you have multiple look, violations for that. Well, you take a look back. So it's always teams. It's not while it happens, you know. It's really rare that teams get just slammed for while it's happening. You know, if anything, like it's gonna be after. You know, say so. Let's let's just put it in this this situation. Saban's been recruiting, uh, or been committing uh, recruiting violations for however long he's been at, at Alabama, but Alabama's not going to get in trouble for it. When out, mm-hmm. when Saban retires, I think the NCAA is going to start sticking their nose in the stuff. Cause they're, I think a lot of it is deliberately that they don't go looking for it and they're going to find it. And they're, it's on there. Nothing's going to happen to Saban. Nothing's going to happen to his last coaching staff. Nothing's going to happen to the players, but the university is going to be hit with fines and penalties and media black and whatever, what have you, uh, after the fact, that's usually yeah. what what's going on. So it's always the teams that have to, you know, pick up with the aftermath of what happened um, after it's all said done. Yeah, it's never the coaches. They they just yeah. ride off in the sunset with their money. But yeah. I, I just don't think. I mean, Penn State and Baylor didn't get the death penalty. I don't see anybody else getting it. True. Unless that, it's that's just a good a point. Habitual. Well, I mean, habitual Penn, Penn, Penn State kind of got it more than than Baylor did, especially for what they for what Penn they State did. got it I mean, more it than deserved. Yeah, yeah, but Baylor, but Penn State and Baylor didn't get, you know, a cancellation because the death penalty is like a, a minimum one or two years cancellation of football, all activities, mm-hmm. and then a two-year media ban, so you can't mm-hmm. even televise the game. A fuck ton of damn scholarships are gone, and then a bunch of fines that they have to pay. And that I don't right think there, you even have scholarships on the death penalty, if I remember correctly. I think Miami lost all their scholarships or uh, well, SMU. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, see, and that's what happened. SMU is the last team that the death penalty ever happened to, and it took them legit over 30 years to recover from it. Mm-hmm. And they're just now starting to be – I mean, I think it was like two years ago they won their first eight-game season, you know, yeah. since yeah. it happened. Wow. So bad for a while. Because, yeah. I mean, you effectively just mm-hmm. cut off life source to that program. Players are not going to want to go there. Coaches are not going to want to go there. Uh, you're not, re- you're not, you know, you're not getting a revenue of any income, so you're not going to be able to get these uh, facilities and all these things that these recruits want and all and what have you. So, so that yeah. kind of what you just said right there kind of brought up something too that I, I was thinking about as well. So, 
if they don't hand out the death penalty, which it doesn't really look like they would, because it's not as serious as some other stuff other schools have done that haven't received hardly anything. Um, what does this do for for coaches that are looking for that next step up and want to go to a, a, a pretty, I'll say, decent situation as far as a Power 5 program is concerned? If you look at the administration and what they're trying to do to kind of weed Jeremy Pruitt out. So if you're not doing a – if you're not doing a, a good job or what they deem is a good job, I mean, that you can see how it'd be hard for a coach to want to go there if they're going to try and do everything they can do to get out of your buyout to get you out of the program. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to kind of hurt their coaching search in the long run for people that could potentially do a very good job or, or whatever to look at them seriously and say, yeah, you know, I, I could go to Tennessee. I could go coach there possibly do well but if i if i slip up here and there and don't don't carry the wins that they want me to carry they'll do everything they can do to gather my contract and fire me for call for for cause kind of like what they're doing to prove it i i i agree with some of that um because the thing is is that you brought up a really good point but that point applies to other schools too and for some reason people are still uh, actively being uh, hired as the coach at Texas. You know, we, you and I have talked in the past about the nightmare of the booster program at Texas and what the bullshit mm-hmm. you got to deal with. I mean, I think it comes with the territory. I mean, I, I, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's like I agree with half of that and I disagree with the other half. It hurts in the immediate. It's going to hurt the next two, maybe three years while they're under whatever sanctions are going to come down. Um, nobody's want to you're going to want to have their first job be, you know, start off on your back foot. Um, that's why I think they keep steel through all that and just let him kind of navigate that area. Um, but yeah, I mean, what in, in 2024, 2025, whenever it is, uh, they're, they're, people are going to be looking to move up because right now we have a bottleneck anyway. I mean, Billy Napier is still yeah. at ULL. Uh, the, 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 the coach at, um, coastal Carolina is still there, you know, so that there, there's there's not a lot of room at the top, and Tennessee is still a top thirty job. Um, so and they can pay, so everybody likes money. Yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of funny to see all the Tennessee fans out there uh, really saying that they you know they're they're super glad Pruitt's gone, but now they now they want Hugh Freeze to come in. I, I feel like that's that's not the uh, not the direction you want to go. You want to. The jump optics, off, of uh, yeah. I the mean, optics of that are so insane. We're going to fire this guy. I, I believe in the letter they sent out said, for not maintain an environment of compliance. And then you're going to turn around and hire Hugh Freeze. Well, hold He's on. Trying to get escorts and stuff? I mean, hold on. Escorts, according tons according to Dan Patrick, though, that Hugh Freeze isn't even being thought of for the head coaching job I heard in him Tennessee. Say that too. Because it's not just Tennessee, is that the entire SEC is like you're not allowed back in this conference. Yeah, and Tennessee the, had the, to pull to get him in there. Yeah, the conference is saying that you can't go. My boss is a uh, is a uh, Ole Miss alumni, and he he tells me all the time that Ole Miss had to include a morality clause in their coaching contract because of Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. So, I. <laughs> You know, people are always, you know, in the early, earlier months of the, the later, later part of the season, people were worried of a Hugh Freeze coming back to the SEC because he is very capable to make a dangerous football team. But yeah. if what 
the Dan Patrick source says is that if the SEC is completely blacklisting Hugh Freeze, we got nothing to worry about. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, but the problem with Tennessee, and this is probably the last grand sweeping thing I say about it, is they're a South Carolina that thinks they're a Florida. Hmm. Well, South Carolina is their, I mean, like, South Carolina, their ceiling was the 2010, 2011, 2012 seasons, you know? And they they made the SEC championship once and got blown out. That's what Tennessee is. Well, that's what yeah, their future is. I can see that, yeah. So, and the thing is, like, their Tennessee fans are just like, I know they're in a really bad spot, and they've been in a really bad spot for the last 10 years, but they're – They've got real thick, real thin skin right now. Because I know I just said something about when they fired Pruitt. I think I tweeted out something like Tennessee is just never going to be good again. And then immediately some fucking ball fan is like firing back. We're, you know, we'll be as good as again when the next time y'all win a fucking championship. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? We're not even talking about like our championship odds or not. I'm just talking about the entire shit filled dumpster fire that y'all are in right now. Like they're just so combative about things right now. Well, you know, a funny thing about that is, is the people that are being recruited right now, like for next year, they were born in 2003. That's two years after Tennessee's last top 10 win. And to them, and to them, 1998 is just as close as 1980. It doesn't make a difference. That is, that hurts my feelings when you said that. <laughs> it just hurts my feelings. <laughs> like I could have gone without hearing that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just <laughs> I yeah, I mean I I'm hoping over the next couple of days, you know, as they complete you know, they release more stuff and with this investigation and some more wild shits going on. Um but uh yeah, Tennessee's Tennessee is a laughingstock right now. I mean, Tennessee is still yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, Vanderbilt Vanderbilt went winless this year, but they're not Tennessee. So nah. that's all I can say. And but they uh, got a girl kicker. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the uh, um, I guess the last news I want to talk about. It's not really college football related, but in a way it is because this man has been in college football for so long. But Urban Meyer is now decided that he hates his family. <laughs> He's done <laughs> done spending time with them, and his heart suddenly doesn't you know you know doesn't Stop not work working. anymore. <laughs> and uh, he's now the Jacksonville Jaguar coach. And well, I guess, like I said before, and I've said it a few times, you know, he's had a he's had a change of heart. He's had a change of heart. Um, you know, what, and it's funny. I, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say what I'm really looking forward to is the. Uh, you know, the Fox or the CBS or the NBC, whatever station they're playing on, the sappy, you know, the contract his daughter makes him sign for this gig now, like she did with Ohio State, all that bullshit media shit. I can't wait to see that again. Well, I can't wait for him to deal with not 19 and 20 year old kids, but millionaire crybabies. Yeah, like, grown men that can just walk Grown men <laughs> who make more money than he does. And can legit just say fuck you? I don't want to do what you you know what you say. You're going to a Jacksonville Jaguar team. Yeah, you might be getting Trevor Lawrence first round in the pick, first round pick in the draft, but I mean you're gonna go you're gonna win four games next year maybe. And a lot of sad and, pizza. 
and a lot of sad pizza. A lot. I think the memes are back, but it's just wild that you know Tyler and I were talking about it when when Texas fired Tom Herman. That one of my one of my picks was Urban Meyer was going to go to damn Austin, and there was even people reporting that his wife was looking at real estate in Austin, and then he comes out and says, I'm done coaching football. And then in pure asshole uh, Urban Meyer fashion, he lies and just said, and then now he's the new fucking head coach of the NFL team. It's this just, is going to work out so poorly for them. I, I don't see him as an NFL coach. I don't see no. the way he runs an offense, even though they apparently hadn't caught plays in 10 years. It's still his offense. That, that was his thing in Florida and, and Utah. Uh, so I, I don't see that offense translate well to the modern NFL. They don't have the players. The last administration there, Doug Marone and uh, Cal, um, Coughlin and those guys, whoever the GM was that, after him, they, they've ruined the culture there. It's going to be saving at Miami again. He's probably going to leave halfway through 2022. Damn, you think so? There's no way he sticks Uh, around. It's just, it's pointless. Why is he there? You think he'll pull a Bobby Petrino and just just leave? If if Jacksonville's lucky, yeah. (laughs) He'll be on a scooter with a prostitute, and he'll wreck it, (laughs) and then he'll leave. He's definitely a scooter guy. And he'll do that fucking press conference with that fake-ass neck brace that he was in to make it look like it was bad. And I've heard, you know, I'll get a little off-topic on that, but I've heard that that was a cover-up. Oh, that, that 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 whole accident on a scooter was a cover-up because he was sleeping with that dude's wife, and he found out and beat the shit out of him. And then that, <laughs> so they, they poised it as he had a fucking wreck on a motorcycle. <laughs> And he had that thumb neck. He had, <laughs> he had that fucking cartoonish, like nineteen seventy foam neck brace, like, like modern medicine. Is, is, yeah, like, and he was just in the fucking press conference, like I fucking wrecked, you know. Whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, this sport is so ridiculous. That was what ten years ago. No, that oh, wasn't man, it's even. Been a while. That was it, like eight yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while. God, this 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 is so crazy. But yeah, that's I don't, why, that's I don't why, that's why we started the sport because there's so much shit that we want to talk about. There's so much stuff we want to talk shit about, you know, and that's what we're here for. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I, I think maybe we should, uh, leave it up to, to those who, who listen, if they want to have anything for us to talk about, uh, within the realm of college football throughout some of this off season leading up to some of the spring games just to, to give us a shout give us some recommendations on what you'd like to hear some some shit talk go on about and we can uh, we can kind of go in on your least favorite school uh, we could even we can even go in on Miami if you want to for your buddy at work uh, he's down at about uh, I'll give it halfway through the season when he comes out of his fucking rock and then he'll start spouting his bullshit Miami's gonna win that Miami's back shit, baby so. Yeah. Yeah, after they fix his fucking leg, you know, put a new one on him. But <laughs> that's all I got, man. Uh oh, but I do want to say that uh with off season now officially in full swing, you know, we will follow recruiting and we'll we'll talk shit and we'll try to figure out we're definitely gonna continue to talk shit about whatever happens with Tennessee. But and we're gonna probably have some more guests on that way to kinda uh you know, lively it up a little bit. You just don't wanna hear you know, me and Tyler talk about dumb shit that we don't know anything about. 
so yeah just like if you have anything for us like tyler said just let us know man leave us in the comments tweet us i'm always on twitter and i will actively engage with anybody on twitter so just let us know yeah definitely and uh probably sometime soon may have heath back on uh depending on what the uh the overall reception is for people listening to this if we just that that and if he ever fucking wakes up i I was about to say depending on my sleep schedule (laughs) because we tried to do this yesterday and he was asleep so that's what that's what we have to deal with so so we'll see we'll see what goes on here from going on uh from from this point forward uh just hit us up on our hit us up on our socials again at the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We will reach out to you or ignore you. Or ignore you, yeah. Just yeah. whatever we feel like doing at the time. But uh, yeah, just look us up. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about, and we'll we'll take that into consideration. Um, yeah. He, thanks for having thanks me for, on, guys. Yeah, he thanks for being here, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Hey, I, I'm on Twitter. Uh, uh, at P44 underscore Haynes. Check me out. Yep. Yep. Send him uh, pictures of your socks. That's why. <laughs> there you go. You know what they say about big, big socks. They have big shoes. That's right. So, yeah, man. Big shoes. All right, guys. All right, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you later. See you next time. See you.